Good morning, church. It's a joy and honor to be able to meet today in the house and online. Uh, we, you know, uh, this is just an auditorium where the church meets. You are actually the church. <laughs> Each individual you hold, you carry the presence of God in you. Jesus made And so we carry the presence of God wherever we go. And so it's good when the body comes together and, all, and, and uh, where we get to come and worship and get to experience the joy of being here and online as well. Those, we welcome you that are watching uh, or maybe watch later. God bless you. We're so glad we get to be a part. And I pray, and I really do pray that you're experiencing um, the favor of God and the peace of God in such a way that... Um, in, in a deep knowing that, man, you're all he thinks about. You know, he doesn't have a dog he's having to take care of right now. He doesn't have um, somebody that's, he literally, he, he's already set everything in motion as far as gravity's taking care of, trees are reproducing themselves. He's got it all set up so that all he thinks about is you and I. We are on his heart. Matter of fact, the Bible says we're the apple of his eye. And I mean, he literally looks at you and he sees nothing but joy. He, he, he deeply desires to connect in a very intimate, real powerful way so that he can, you, you get to, and I get to experience really the joy of what it is to be connected in, in right standings where there's no separation. In other words, no matter what I've done, no matter what's been done to me, Jesus comes and fills that void and that gap, and he's able to do things that I cannot do on my own or that others cannot do for me. And so he's, he's reserved that place for himself as Lord of all. And so um, just want to welcome you. And for those who are new, just joining us, uh, we've been on this, uh, we've been feasting at the table um, <clears throat> of what Paul has referred to in Galatians chapter 5 as the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, we have termed this teaching series as simply, as you saw, fruition, which is simply the ability to make fruit. It's the ability to produce. And so in that, I want to say this too, that it's not our ability to produce God's fruit in us. So a lot of people in church, they think, I, they get, I've, I've said it, they get on the hamster wheel of good deeds. I mentioned it last week. And they get on this thing, I got to do, 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 good, 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 and they wear themselves out thinking that that's what God wants and that he'll be pleased by all the activity. And really what pleases Jesus most is when we lean into him and allow him to direct our activity, allow him to show us where we need to be plugging in, what we need to be doing and how we need to be doing it rather than me deciding. And so as the pastor of this church, um, the best thing that I could do is to help you get connected to the Holy Spirit the same way I stay connected to the Holy Spirit. And together we allow him, that's why it's called the fruit of the the fruit of the spirit it's his fruit and it's one that's that's manifested in nine different virtues and character qualities and so um that comes about as we stay engaged as we allow him to get in our business to get inside and he begins to deal with stuff in here, attitudes and thoughts. I know none of y'all ever cop attitudes at all. I know y'all are all incredible and y'all just flow around, Jesus, we're so good, thank you. I get them every now and again. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, it happens. Just like I said earlier, these things come at us and you just, mm, Jesus, and you go, hey, thank you, Lord. Hold on, where's that fruit at? I need some, come on, bring it up. And so, that's why we're, we're on this series looking at the fruit of the Spirit and enjoy doing it. And so we're today, um, actually we're going to continue and we're going to read from the passage that uh, my brother in the Lord, that's what I call him, Paul, um, he actually, he's actually in heaven right now, but he left us a great, uh, a, a many letters that he wrote to churches, to believers and churches all over the Middle East and, and, and all over Europe that he was actually building churches and starting churches. And there's one in, in the region of Galatia, which is now modern day Turkey. And uh, 
Yeah, there were, there were believers started there many, many centuries ago. And so this is where he's writing this church and he's dealing with the main theme is freedom. Like, you know, I know some of, when I say freedom, I know some of my, my brothers and sisters in the house think of some brave heart kicking out like freedom, you know, yeah, you know, that thing like freedom, you know, if y'all don't know what that is, don't worry, you're not missing that, well, you might be missing the great, but it's okay. Anyhow, it's this thing that we all desire to break free from the things that bind us, from the things that hold us back, either from uh, holding us back from really accomplishing what God wants for us and experiencing his power and presence in a powerful way. And so Paul was dealing with that because in Galatia, there were people that were trying, believers that were trying to get Gentile believers. And I told y'all last week, in Scripture, there's a Gentile believer and there's a Jewish believer. And so the Jewish believers were trying, you know, they're the ones that carried the law all the way back from Abraham, the first uh, people that God said, I'll be your God and you'll be, my, I'll, you'll be my people, I'll be your God. And so carried it all the way too. And they're sitting here saying, these new Gentiles, they're not getting off so easy. Like, you don't get to just trust Jesus. No, you got to do some things. We've had to do a bunch of things over the centuries and you're going to have to do some stuff too if you want to be a part. And Paul's saying, wait, whoa, slow down. And he actually, the first thing he starts dealing with in Galatians chapter 5, 1, I want to look there real quick. It says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, when somebody tells you that that's what they came to do and don't allow this to happen means it's possible, it can happen. And so he goes on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase for just a minute because I don't wanna read it all, but he literally goes on to a tradition or to one of the uh, uh, religious ceremonies that they did of circumcision. And he was saying, oh, in order to be here, you gotta go through this, guys. And Paul's saying, whoa, hold on. This isn't about following law. This is about experiencing the grace and the truth of Jesus. And he goes on in, in verse 6 of Galatians 5 where he says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. This is what Jesus, this is what Paul's saying. Look, I want, you to, I want you to understand it's all found in Jesus. He is the, the king of kings. He's the Lord. He's the one that showed up to change. He's the Messiah. He's the change agent. And he uses the Holy Spirit to come into our spirit and unite us with him and, con and connect us with him. And so the reason he did that, so God... He gets us to come into this place and say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. And many of you have done that. And if you haven't, today would be a great day to do that. But once you surrender your life to Christ, you realize you still have to live this thing out in this thing we call flesh. And this flesh has desires and it, it has these needs and wants and its own will. And Paul, a little later in the thing, he said, I need to address this with you because it's going to happen. These things are going to come at you and you're going to have these desires and so in Galatians chapter 5, skip down to verse 13. If you have your Bibles, you can skip down there. We've been going over this each week. And it, it goes, and starting in verse 13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, Love your neighbor as yourself. He goes on to say, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So he's saying there's this tendency that a lot of people say, I'm free. Whoa, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want. And Paul said, whoa, 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 slow it down a little bit. I'm not talking about that freedom to do whatever, whenever, with whoever. He said, no, I'm telling you, you've got the freedom to be able to love and serve in such a powerful way that it draws other people to want to ask you questions about yourself. Like, like you should have people asking questions about you. Like, I just don't think they're right. 
<laughs> like, is there something wrong with that person? Just because of the way you love, because of the way you, you conduct your life, the way you carry yourself, it should cause people to ask a question like, you sure? I'm like, no, I'm not of this world. You are not of this world. We've been bought with a prize. We, are, we have been changed. We've been transformed. And that's why Paul said, in order to keep that transformation taking place, we read on in verse 16, and he said, this is how we do this. He said, so I say, since we're going to be serving one another, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Yes, our flesh still has desires. Just because we give our life to Christ, our spirit's very much alive, like Anybody here ever veg out or binge on some Netflix? Like you just sit there for about three days and you're just watching like, oh, this is good. I mean, you just had, you go get something to eat and you just still binge like, hold on, let me pause it just a second. I got to go eat. Okay, let me come back. I mean, the flesh, like you just sit there, come on, feed me. I just love this. I love the feeling this gives me. It can be anything. It can be a number of things. Um, it can be food. It can be anything. But he goes on to say in verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, the capital S, the Holy Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, I don't know if you're like me, but man, my mind can come up with some crazy things that it wants to do all of a sudden out of nowhere. Like I, I'll be... There's sometimes I'll be, I'll be riding down the road and I'm not even hungry, but if I just see food, I think I just need to pull in there and get a milkshake. It just, I don't know why. I don't want a milk. I wasn't thinking milkshake. I wasn't thinking, but man, I, I, all of a sudden my flesh says milkshake. And I'm like, shut up. You don't get a milkshake. I got to watch it. You 60, you can't be doing that stuff no more. You can't just go every time. I'm got to watch it. So you got to be careful. Your flesh, and there's other things that it'll It'll tell you. It'll yank on you. And Paul says, this goes on. You're sitting there. You're, you, sometimes I'll be, I, I, I like to listen to worship music. I'll even have, them, I'll have worship music going on. And all of a sudden, whoo, whoo, Jesus. You, you start looking at it. It pulls you. It starts desiring stuff. And so he goes on to say, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then verse 19, he breaks down the acts or the desires of the sinful nature that are all in the flesh that we have. And he says the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality. In other words, we don't want to follow what God's standard is for sex. It's a beautiful, most, the most gracious, beautiful gift he's ever given to be shared with husband and wife. It's an awesome thing. When I was a youth pastor, it's so fun because, you know, you're telling them, you know, we, do, we did a series every year on sex and dating. And, of course, that's when faces get red, like, oh. It's like, no, I want you to be aware. I want you to be aware of these things so that you're not going out there. I don't want some other 15-year-old telling you what is truth and what is, hey, this is what's real. This is what's truth. So we would do that, and it would be this thing where we would, we'd be going over that. And then what's hilarious, after you've been here long enough, and I just recently got to do it again, so you start marrying your youth. And then you're, you're going through marriage counseling, and we, we hit that one right off the, you know, we start off with, okay, God's design for marriage, and we, we go into the whole thing of communication, which is the key to everything. We go into finances, and then we go into sex, and, and then they're like, oh, okay, we got to talk about that one now. And I'm sitting there, oh, no, I've been waiting for this moment. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, let me tell you God's plan. Let me tell you how beautiful, how incredible it is. And so this is where the enemy of our soul and our own flesh, if we, don't, if we, leave, if we leave it to itself, it'll take us into crazy places. And that's what he says. Paul says sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Debauchery. <laughs> that just sounds so debauchery. It's literally just lavish living. Like you allow your flesh to do whatever it wants to, however, you just let it go. And, it's, and so he goes on, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Come on. Anybody ever been there before? Jesus, help me. It's, it happens. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness. Woo, come on, I need to feel something. So I'll go take something and I feel it all of a sudden. It's instant. 
orgies and the like, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live, another translation, who practice these things, because it, it, it can develop into habit and it keeps going and going and going. And, and he says, those who live like this, doesn't say if you've ever done that. Let me help you with that. Doesn't say, if, oh, and I'm not asking anybody to raise hands if you've ever been a part of any of that. I'm, go ahead. I'll raise my hand right off the bat, but I'm not asking you to. But he said, those who live, it doesn't say if you've ever done anything like that. He said, no, if you live like that and you continually you know, allow your flesh to dominate, it says, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this doesn't get into works and grace. This is a thing where it continues. It will take you places you never intended to go, and it'll keep you longer than you ever intended to stay. And that's why we need the grace of God to continually work in our life, the Spirit of God. And he goes on in verse 22, and he says the word, but... And I've shared with you, I'm going to keep sharing with you. That word is a very powerful word in this. When somebody says, hey, I'm telling you this information, but how many of you know that now you need to pay attention to what's coming? Because all that was good, but I've got something to tell you. And I've shared this story before. I remember we used to do a kid, uh, kids camp called Kingdom Kids Camp. And I was the, one of the directors, and I did a lot of teaching. I had a lot of fun. We'd have four or 500 kids, anywhere from 9 to 13. And, man, they'd go after Jesus with all their heart. We'd, we'd have these fun times sharing. And, and I remember this cute little girl. She's about 9 years old. And she came up to me after one of the service, and she goes, Pastor Mark. I said, yeah, hey, what? She goes, you're funny. And I was like, well, thank you. She goes, she goes but you got a big nose. And I went... How many of you know I didn't think I was cute anymore? I was like, you're cute. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. But you got a big nose. I went, oh, my gosh. I got this hawker here. I got a wheelbarrow. I got to carry this around. Like, like, what happened? How many of you know I didn't even think about being cute anymore? I went to the butt. Well, listen, Paul was not trying to get us locked into, hey, I want you to focus on the flesh. I want you to really think, I'm going to tell you about this flesh. And a lot of pastors want to really go hard on the, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh. And Jesus is saying, but I want you really to be connected with the Spirit. Because if I'm living in the Spirit, I'm allowing the Spirit to live in me, the results are going to be completely different. The yes, those desires are there. But Paul said, but the fruit, the results, the actions of the Spirit. This, this continual allowing him to, to lead and guide, this continual, you know, hey, have your way. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Man, those are, those are powerful things. Those are, those are things we all want in our life. These things that, that literally just stir up and it's like, man, and then gentleness and self-control. The one thing that we struggle with, it's funny we start out with love, but we're headed towards self-control, y'all. It's going to be a good one. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Control yourself. Help us, Jesus. It, it, we're headed there. But today, we're on, for those who are new, we're on faithfulness. So we've already gone through love, and we looked at what love really is. And it wasn't, love isn't about me. It's about those around me. Love doesn't say, hey, it's own self-gratification. It says, Love demonstrates itself best in when I lay down my life for other people, that when I care really about them. And then, and, and then the joy wasn't simply just a simple expression, but it's a deep abiding joy that even when I'm going through sorrow, when I'm going through struggle, when I'm going through things in my life, I can still have the joy of the Lord. Not because of something that happens, not circumstantial, but because of in the midst of it, I'm still connected. I'm still loved, I'm still wanted, I'm still connected to my heavenly Father. And, and peace that passes all understanding. Lord, do we need peace in this day and age? There is all kind of things screaming at us that are telling us to be less than and that God can't do things and that, that in our own mind. And then the whole thing of patience, to be patient with yourself and patient with others. And, uh, and so... And, and in kindness and goodness, and today when we look at this thing of faithfulness, it's going to be great. It goes on to say, against such thing there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now this word crucifixion, 
Because Paul said, I'm crucified with the Christ, nevertheless I live. It's like, hold it, how, a living dead person? <laughs> and that's what it literally means is I put this flesh. It doesn't get to dominate. And now I know this is not culturally acceptable in this day to tell somebody to shut up. You know, that is a terrible word and you tell your kids, don't, you don't say that, don't you say that. <laughs> but I'm going to give you permission to tell your flesh to shut up. <laughs> you can try, you can say, hey flesh, shut up. And it's not bad. And some of you, some of y'all need to adopt that so you can say, "Shut up, flesh." And what it does is, you like it's, this stuff starts coming in, and when you you take authority of it, you say, "Shut up, flesh. You don't get to dominate. Holy Spirit, it's yours." And so we get to crucify this flesh and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Now, y'all. This is written to church folks. <laughs> Paul's writing this to the church at Galatia. This wasn't to be posted in front of everybody. All you people, y'all need to read this. It's not in the local paper. He's writing it. He, he wrote this to church people saying, hey, I got to get you connected. I got to get you understand. I got to get you submitted because when that happened, the people around you begin to change because they see you and they experience the love of God through you, through me, through us. They experience the peace of God, the joy of God. They experience it through us as it, this fruit is developed. And so as we look at this thing of faithfulness, um, uh, this word is funny because in the Greek it's this pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And it's the same word that is used for faith, faithful, and faithfulness. And it, it means, if you look at it, faithfulness is loyalty, um, courage, committed, utterly reliable, true to one's word. Also, it can mean um, this thing of consistent over a long period of time. Now, I don't know about you or me. I don't know about you, but I know about me. I can be faithful for a little while sometimes. <laughs> like like if, I, if I'm... If I put myself and my mind to doing something, like one time I was gonna, I was gonna start this workout regimen. I know y'all probably think I do that every week anyway, because all the buffness and stuff, but but anyhow, <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna go to the gym. Like I'm gonna show up in the gym. I'm fixing to go hit this, I'm finna go, y'all. I made it a week. <laughs> and my flesh was weak. <laughs> And my flesh was sore. And I said, flesh, shut up, flesh. Why, why? I don't have to impress anybody. I got a beautiful wife, and she ain't worried about all the buffiness. And I'm like, man, I am so sore. I am not going back there. Y'all, I ain't been back since. It only cost me a dollar. <laughs> so, so and I'm just telling y'all. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. For all you buff people, man, keep going, man. Do a, do a rep or two for me. Think of me and say, this is for Pastor Mark. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll, I'll sit there and go, ooh, go, go, go. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying to us this morning that this thing of being faithful, it's what we're faithful to. And so if I look at the opposite of faithfulness, being consistent over a long period of time, opposite is opportunist. Fairweather friend, anybody ever had one of those? They're going to be with you. I'm, I'm going to be with you. Thick or thin, we, we ride or die. We ride or die. We, we are together only to find out as soon as something shows up. See ya. <laughs> Whoop. Where'd you go? Where y'all at? I thought you were going to stick with me. I was till it got tough. And then they take off. And God does not want that. There's also the counterfeit to this thing of true faithfulness. And that is... Love without truth. So if I look at it, love without truth, being loyal when you should be willing to confront or challenge. That is what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. There, there are times that, hey, being faithful, the faithful wounds of a friend avail much. It's these things that I need friends that will speak truth to me. That's what faithful, I don't need a faithful like, hey, good job, way to go, way to go, to go. I need people that will look at me and say, hey, you doing all right? What's going on? You, are things okay? I need faithful friends that are going to stick with me through the, the good and the bad. And 
that are, that'll be reliable. And so as we look, venture into this thing and go, won't go real long because we could be here for days if I used every scripture on faithful and faithfulness. But it starts our faithfulness. So I like to put it this way. Faithfulness begins with faith. It begins, and I know y'all are like, y'all are blown away by that wisdom right there. Faithfulness begins with faith. Faith is the seed God uses to grow faithfulness. So it starts with our trust and reliance on him. And then it grows from there to where now I can be trusted. And I've, I've got some areas that I believe God wants us to, to look at. And the first one is we need to have faith in God. Because why God is faithful. God is faithful from beginning to end. And I know in this room right now, and I know in my own life, there have been times where I felt like God let me down. He didn't do what I wanted him to. There were some things that I was really trusting and, and I was declaring, I was proclaiming. And I, I was like, mm, I thought you were faithful. <laughs> let me say this, God is faithful to perform his word, his way, the way he wants, not the way I think he should do it. If I'm the one that gets to determine what God does, then guess what? <laughs> I might just be a God myself. I might be elevating myself above God. Matter of fact, I read one quote a while back and said, if uh, your God always agrees with you, you might be just worshiping a glorified version of yourself. <laughs> Like if he don't ever get to call you out on anything, you might want to ask yourself, oh, he ain't even mentioned anything. Is, you got, is, he, is he not, am I not allowing him? And so he's faithful even when I don't sense it or see it. He's still faithful. And so he goes on. Matter of fact, in Hebrews 11, 1, uh, it says this, the faith chapter, it's the hall of fame of faith right here. If you ever want to look at people from the past, they're right in there, all of them, men and women who were faithful to God, but it was first because of their faith in God. And matter of fact, Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So we're, we're confident in who he is and what he does, and my trust is explicitly on him. That if he doesn't do what I want him to, the way I want him to, I still trust in him. Can all the parents in the house say amen? Because <laughs> all of us have been children and we thought, man, they, I got to have this. I want this now. <laughs> and thankfully, our parents are faithful to say, yeah, I know it's best, not you. And so they say this word, that the two-letter word that we hate most is no. No, you can't have it. No. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee a few years back, and I thought, man, I need to get that, that little, it's a little baby shirt, and it says, my name is No-No. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, no, no. <laughs> so you always know, hey, stop. No. And so, so sometimes those words, that word, we don't like it, but it's a powerful word that God uses. He's in control. Our faith and trust is him. Hebrews eleven six goes on to say, because it mentions Enoch and it mentions their faith and trust in God. And he goes, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so I want to ask you, have you settled it yet? That no matter what happens, no matter what this life brings, I'm determined there's no demon, there's no person, there's nobody that can talk me out or talk me away from God. It's like, I'm settled in. I'm not going anywhere. There's nowhere I can go. I mean, uh, listen, there are going to be attempts. The first thing, the first attack that the devil put on Eve, the very first one, and he still uses it today. He's not that bright. We give him a lot more credit than we should. The first thing he said, did God really say? That's the first thing. And so what's he going to do with you? Did God really? Is this really? Is it okay, God? Is it the question and challenge God's word? 
And, and he'll do the same thing with us. I love what, what uh, Peter, so Jesus is teaching in, in John 6. It's a great chapter if you want to see a lot of action. So he feeds 5,000. He walks on water. He begins to teach the Pharisees, and he's breaking it out to them that he's the bread that's come down from heaven to nourish their soul. It wasn't a bread like they thought. And he even made this statement, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're not worthy of the kingdom. And everybody said, what did he just say? Did he just advocate cannibalism? <laughs> and they all went, what? They did, their mind was blown and they could. They said, that's about as far as I can go. And matter of fact, a lot of his close uh, disciples were leaving and he asked, they started to check out on him. And uh, he looks at the 12 and he asks them questions. <laughs> Do you also want to go away? <laughs> like in... in uh, John 6, 68 and 67 and 68, he said, then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? It was such a hard saying, but Jesus wasn't advocating actually eating his blood. He was actually talking about what we're going to be celebrating in a few weeks. He was going to translate the Passover meal into the communion meal we celebrate today. And by the way, if you want, on both sides of the auditorium, you can take communion every Sunday. We have an incredible couple that sets this up for us that you can go and partake of the Lord's Supper every Sunday. We encourage you to do that. But he goes on, but Simon Peter answered him, talking about words. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. I can't go anywhere. Who am I going to go? What? Who am I going to lock into or who am I going to trust or who am I going to put my faith in? They understood I, they couldn't go anywhere but to Jesus. So it's, first of all, we got to be faithful to uh, uh, faithful to God and, and because of his faith in us, we can be faithful back. And then the other thing, we got to be faithful to others. So that's, that's where the hard part comes in. Because the first one deals mainly with our, what I like to call our above the sun. So let's be honest. Everybody has this thing. God has put eternity in our hearts. And so everybody battles with what happens after death. What happens when this body ceases to, to be animated and, and there's no more breath of life? What happens then? And so Jesus settles our above the sun. He gave his life so I get to have that life and I never have to worry, ever, ever, ever. I've told you all when you hear that Pastor Mark Linton is gone, you give a big woo because that's what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm riding, I'm going, but I'm telling you that this is a thing where we, he settles that for us. Like there's never been a doubt where I've been said, I wonder, I'm like, man, you, are, you did that for me so I could be with you forever. That's a joy and an honor we get to experience. But this below the sun issue, <laughs> where we deal with this with each other, looking around and dealing with people around us, oh, now that faithful in that area, that's where Jesus, that's where the Holy Spirit wants to build that. And especially our number one, like the, the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is acknowledging and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You say, Jesus, you look around, you say, I'm, I recognize I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Lord, I give you my life. It belongs to you, and I ain't taking it back. Here, it's yours. The second biggest decision that will affect your below the sun is who you choose to marry. Can everybody say amen? <laughs> Good, bad, or indifferent, I know that it affects our life, when I say, I'm going to connect with this person forever, whoo, you know the only problem with that is there's two people involved. <laughs> you can't affect the other person's forever. You're like, well, I said that, but apparently they didn't mean that. <laughs> or what it looks like. And so there's battles that we struggle all the time. And I'm telling you, God wants to help us. Matter of fact, in Genesis 2, 24, it says, for this reason, because woman was taken out of man, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. And I'll just say that that's in Marriage Council 101. That's the very first thing we go over. I'm not going to do it right here this morning. But I'll just say the very first thing is, for this reason, a man, 
a man shall leave his mama and daddy. A man shall leave his mama and daddy, shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, this one flesh union. And I'll just say it doesn't always happen, and I always cut up because it's this. It never says for this reason a mom and dad shall leave their son. I'm just saying to you, it says the man is to determine my position has changed. In other words, I will always be a son. Like my mom, I love her. My dad went to heaven in, in 2000, and uh, my mom is still here. I call her every night on the phone without fail. When we're getting off the phone, she says, okay, I love you, baby. And I went, I'm not a baby, mom. I'm a grown man. 60, I'm not a baby. She still sees me as her baby. I love you, baby. I'm like, thanks, Mom. I love you, too. Mom, if you're listening, there's no slide here. Anyhow, she does watch. She, she likes to keep up with her baby, so <laughs> she checks me out. She'll call me out on stuff, too. But anyhow, just, in, just encouraging us that the position changes. It, like, it never says, this isn't a geographical thing. This isn't, hey, I can, I can still live in the same house as my parents and still leave them and be cleaving to my wife. And so that's our thing. That's what he said. And matter of fact, Proverbs says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. The second one that affects our below the sun issue, and now I know this. I, I got to stop just a minute because I know that there are people in this room that are waiting for that significant other to come on down the road. Can, I, can we say amen? We know that. And so I don't put any slight on that whatsoever because I know that as you stay in tune with the Spirit, He's going to get these gifts flowing and the fruits are going to be so, it's going to be like, oh, oh, you're going to track that one. It's not a matter of you, you finding the right one, it's you being the right one. Let's be honest, that's always the best thing. It's like if I'm looking for Mr. Right, it's usually Mr. Right now, and you don't want that. And so you got to be careful. You got to literally let that fruit grow and let it sit there and say, no, that's where the, the last one, the self control, we'll get there. But anyhow, for this morning, the second thing that all of us are a part of, and that is um, our children, faithful to our children. That's our greatest gift. Let's be honest of everything you have in your life, of everything that you can accumulate, everything you can connect, everything, the most incredible one are our babies, <laughs> our children. God, their inheritance, their gift, their joy. Matter of fact, that's what uh, Psalms 127, David wrote, sang this song. I'm not singing it. I don't do that for y'all and for me, but he says, children are heritage from the Lord, offspring uh, a reward from him they come from him like arrows in the hand of a warrior children born in one's youth so God gives us these incredible gifts and he wants us to be faithful with these gifts matter of fact in Proverbs 22 6 it says train up a child in the way he should go meaning he or she even when he grows old he will not abandon it and so I'll say this to you. Children can be a challenge. <laughs> you know why? Because you've never had them before. <laughs> You're new at this thing. And guess what? They've never done this before either, so they're learning too. So there's this learning curve that you got to go through because, hold it, I've never been a child. I'm learning as they're learning. And so as you grow through this process, this is where you literally have to take time to say, I'm going to lean into this, and I'm going to, we train children. I like to put it this way. We raise cattle. <laughs> we train children. <laughs> In other words, it's not just your job to feed them, clothe them, bathe, you know, do that. We train them. We get this thing of how we do that. And so we go on. That's what what Ephesians 6, 1, and it says there's a, there's a thing for children as well. Children, in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You're like, 
That's right. You, better, you best obey. Well, hold on for, for any parents get excited yet, even online. Watch out for just a second because we got something for dads especially coming up in verse 4. He goes, uh, Paul goes on to say, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And the reason is your parents will always, always, always operate, well, excuse me, generally always operate on the side of safety. So they think and see things that you don't. They're like, no, 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 no. I'm, you think about what could happen. Or what, and you're like, nope, you can't do that because. And so it, it can be if we're not careful. And so I would just say, if you train them to hear the Holy Spirit early, then they get to recognize that, yeah, I don't want to do that because that's not going to work out well. So our goal is not only, not only are, is the Holy Spirit developing that fruit in us, but our children as well. And then it goes on in verse 4 and says, fathers, do not exacerbate your children or literally make them angry. That's what it means. And having two children in the service, I, I'd be lying if I said I have, if I, said, uh, I have not exacerbated them. Uh, I, I, would, I could have been a little difficult at times, but it wasn't in a mean sense. It was just like, would you stop and leave me alone? Just leave me alone. Get out of my face. Like, I'm like, I just love you. What? Is it impossible to love too much? But anyhow, instead, it says, instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And so there is a thing where we've got to be careful. And then the final one, real quickly, not only is our, our faithfulness, faith comes, our faith in God, which develops our faithfulness to be with others, our spouse, our children, and then, of course, our other resources, which is everything, like our time, our talents, our energy. Uh, it's not just about money. It's about, hey, what do I do with my time? How am I stewarding that? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in times where I don't want him to? Going back real quickly to that thing of, of vegging on Netflix, or in my case, so I'm not cracking any, look, I'm not throwing any stones at anybody. I got none to throw because right now March Madness is on. You know what I'm saying? For those of you that don't know what March Madness is, don't look it up, okay? Don't start. Do not start. Like, I could literally veg out for about every, every game. I don't care what it is. I'm like, oh, look. Like, everybody knows Princeton, number 15 seed, has made it sweet 16. How did that happen? Come on. I mean, anyhow. I'm not, I'm not throwing any stones at anybody. I can, just like anybody, like, ooh, I just, I can, I can cause that. But when we talk about our time and our talents and our resources, are we allowing that faithfulness to develop? Holy Spirit, there are people that are going to, they're never going to make it to God. They're never going to make it into the kingdom unless you and I Allow the spirit to have his way in us so he can have his way through us and he can begin to speak in such a way that all these fruits continue to develop. And I want to say this as the worship team comes up. Jesus was talking in Matthew 25 and he actually was talking about gold and he said he gave out three bags of gold. One person he gave... Uh, he gave five bags of gold, to one he gave two bags of gold, and to one he gave one bag of gold. And what happened is the one that gave, he gave five to, he went and gave, made five more. And the one that he gave two, he, he gave, and he made two more. And the one he gave one, he went and buried it because he said, hey, you're a hard taskmaster and you reap where you haven't sown and you're just, you're diligent like that. And he called him a wicked and lazy servant. He said, you're, you wicked, he, you wicked and what it was he didn't understand the principle that God if we'll just connect with him he's the one that produces it in us so I can't do this in my own flesh my flesh is going to war against all of this I've got to stay in tune God wants to develop this this is his character this is his nature he wants us to experience his love his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, his self-control. I can't do it on my own. And so to, in Matthew 25, 14, um, when, he, when the, the one came into, and the two, the one that had five bags and that 
made five more and two more. He said, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. God wants us to share in the joy of connecting with him and walking with him and being a part and watching other lives transform. There is nothing more joyful to me than to see a life changed and transformed by the grace and the power of God. But I can't do that. All I can do is share, be a part, let the fruit continue to develop me, get to exercise that love, get to exercise that joy, get these, get these fruits developing and keeping them going as I stay connected with them, allow them, the results to come, but he'll do that. And as I was preparing for faithfulness, I thought of this. There's an old hymn that came to me. Great is thy faithfulness. It's always out of God's faithfulness that we get to be faithful. Man, I'll fall short, you'll fall, we'll fall short. But with God's grace and God's Holy Spirit operating as I, I do my part and he does his part, my part is to stay connected, to run to him, not away from him. In good times and bad, I continually run to him, not from him. And allow him to develop this. And I know that in this service right now and online, there are people that have been let down and hurt. But there's people that have hurt and let down others. So I can either lock into that or this morning I can encourage us to lock into God's faithfulness. To take a minute and just sing this to the Lord. And so I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll do this right now for us. And you can sing it with us. You, and by the way, you have freedom. You, you can sit in your seat. The, nobody's going to judge. You can sit there. Some people are like, I just like sitting here. Where I want to. There's sometimes I sit in my, on my couch and I've just got worship music playing. There's no hands raised right now. I'm just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But this is up to you. You can sing it. You can stand. Lift your hands. You can sit. Lift your, they're going to lead us in this. And then I'll, I'll close in just one minute. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. And as thou hast been, thou forever will be. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing it out. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning New mercies I see And all I have needed Thy hand hath provided Great Lord, unto Thee. Thank you, Lord. Great is Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow to Changes not thy compassions, they fail not. And as thou hast been, thou forever will be. 
Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning New mercies I see And all I have needed Thy hand hath provided Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Lord unto Jesus. Father, we do thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, you faithfully love us even when we're unlovable. Lord, you don't turn away. You continually pursue. And this morning, Lord, I thank you right now that, Lord, as we turn our hearts towards you, Lord, thank you right now for faithfully instructing, faithfully encouraging, faithfully drawing us to the place of total surrender where we wouldn't allow anything or anybody to have first place except you in our lives. That everybody else would take second place. That you would have first place, first rule, first reign in our hearts and minds. Lord, I thank you for doing that. Thank you for your faithfulness. And as I close, I just wanna say this, that if you need prayer, We'll have people available here at the altar to pray. If you've not surrendered your life to Christ, this would be a great day to do that, to experience His faithfulness, to experience that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It'd be a great Sunday to experience that. We, there'll be people here, including myself, that'll be glad to, to pray with you. Also, step three of the growth track. If you haven't done that one, it's just... This today is actually the one where we say, hey, join a team, get involved, jump in. We want you, God wants you to be active in his body. And so uh, we start the first, second, and third Sunday of every month. First Sunday we'll roll around, we'll do, go back to it again. You, you, you can hit it then too, but if you would open your hands to the Lord, I wanna, I wanna bless you. Then we'll be available here to pray. And hope you go have an incredible day. Father God, you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. Lord, that your name might be placed on them and you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to every one of you in this auditorium, those online, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace, give you his power, give you his presence and his provision in Jesus mighty name everybody said amen god bless you go have a great day yes